Abraham and Idrimi. Article by Stephen O. Smoot, John Gee, Carrie Mulestein, and John S. Thompson. Published in BYU Studies Quarterly, Volume 61, Issue 4. The Book of Abraham narrates the life of the biblical patriarch in a first-person, autobiographical voice. The book begins, In the land of the Chaldeans, at the residence of my fathers, I, Abraham, saw that it was needful for me to obtain another place of residence. Abraham, chapter 1, verse 1. This first-person voice continues throughout the text as if Abraham himself was writing. When the Book of Abraham was published in 1842, with the exception of portions of the Bible, no other purported autobiographical texts from the ancient Near East were known. The Book of Abraham was unique in that respect. In the last nearly 200 years, archaeology has uncovered more texts that we can compare with the Book of Abraham. One such ancient text discovered in 1939 contains strikingly similar features to those of the Book of Abraham. It, too, is an autobiography in that it narrates a story in the first person. It speaks of a ruler named Idrimi who lived in ancient Syria not long after the likely time of Abraham. Quote, Idrimi's autobiography compares well with Abraham's autobiography in both subject and form, even though Idrimi's autobiography dates about 200 years later, end quote. Although scholars frequently call Idrimi's inscription an autobiography, this term might be somewhat misleading. One scholar surveying this subject has written that, quote, There is no autobiography as such in the ancient world if we describe autobiography as the retrospective interpretation of the author's own life, a contemplative self-scrutiny of the past. There are, however, ancient texts that seem autobiographical, in which first-person narrators recount what they represent as part of their own lives, end quote. This is further complicated by the fact that, quote, we do not know if such ancient autobiographical texts were written by the individuals themselves, dictated to scribes, or ghostwritten by scribes, end quote. On the other hand, Egyptologists reviewing Egyptian autobiographical tomb inscriptions from Abraham's day tend to think that, if autobiography is the narration of bits of one's life from a position of self-awareness and reflection, then ancient Egyptian autobiographical inscriptions were true autobiographies, even if their self-awareness was more elementary and naive than the modern varieties. As summarized in another recent scholarly publication of this topic, Quote, autobiography is a genre of ancient Egyptian written discourse that was central to high culture from its earliest periods. Inscribed in hieroglyphs, the formal display-oriented and sacralizing variety of the Egyptian script, these texts belonged to the non-royal elites. They present, with rare exceptions in the first person, aspects of individual lives and experience, sometimes as narratives of key events, sometimes as characterizations of personal qualities, often bringing about a configuration of the speaker with distinguished beings or realities such as the king, the gods, or order, ma'at. Thousands of such texts are known from the mid-third millennium BCE to early Roman times, 
undergoing significant changes over time, end quote. As with Northwest Semitic and Mesopotamian autobiographical texts, however, we must appreciate that these texts may not have been entirely true autobiographies in the sense we often mean today. Quote, the texts that we often conventionally term as biographies or autobiographies frustrate expectations associated with Western definitions of the similarly termed types of discourse, which may be misleading more than anything else in studying the Egyptian material. Egyptian biographical texts underwent significant changes in format, materiality, contexts, configurations of language, and functions over the 3,000 years of their history. Despite such variety, they are intuitively recognized as a specific type of Egyptian written discourse, differentiated from other types, e.g. literary or funerary, by particular constraints of decorum and specific functions. End quote. In any case, while it is, quote, unlikely that Idrimi carved the words on his statue, he may have been directly responsible for the content of the text, end quote. From an ancient point of view, it would not have really mattered if an author of a text used a scribe to do the physical writing or even influence the composition. If he was following known ancient literary conventions, then it is possible, and indeed likely, that Abraham similarly employed a scribe to help him compose his text. Another problem is that scholars are not always sure how much ancient Near Eastern autobiographical texts are fictional as opposed to historical. While it is certainly possible that these texts recounted real-world events or captured authentic experiences in the life being narrated, it is also likely that they exaggerated or even fabricated elements of the story to suit the literary and ideological preferences of their subjects. Quote, Ancient authors writing in the first person understandably sought to justify and promote themselves, or, in the case of scribal authors, their patrons. When that is all they do, their literary products have little more than historical interest, end quote. Regardless of how much historicity we assign to it, the parallels between Idrimi's autobiography and Abraham's record are unmistakable and include both reporting their journeys through Canaan, both emphasizing that their travel to their new residence was the result of divine inspiration, both referring back to promises made to their ancestors for whom they have records, both describing that they worshipped the way that their fathers did, and both dealing in covenants. Idrimi and Abraham also parallel each other in another important way. Quote, Many ancient Near Eastern royal inscriptions employ first-person discourse, but virtually no other text quotes the speaker's inner thoughts and personalizes the significance of his accomplishments, as does Idrimi's narrative. End quote. Similar to Idrimi's account, the Book of Abraham quotes the patriarch's inner thoughts and personalizes the narrative. For example, Abraham chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. The two texts also open in very similar manners. Book of Abraham, chapter 1, verse 1. In the land of the Chaldeans, at the residence of my fathers, I, Abraham, saw that it was needful for me to obtain another place of residence. Autobiography of Idrimi. 
In Aleppo, my ancestral home, I, Idrimi, the son of Elim Elima, took my horse, chariot, and groom, and went away. The parallels between these two texts, as well as other considerations, indicate that, quote, the Book of Abraham belongs to the same specific literary tradition as Idrimi's autobiography, end quote. This naturally raises the question, how did Joseph Smith manage to publish in the Book of Abraham a story that closely matched a Middle Bronze Age Syrian autobiography that would not be discovered for nearly a hundred years? The most plausible explanation is that the Book of Abraham belongs to that time period, genre of literature, and part of the world. About the Authors Stephen O. Smoot is a doctoral student in Semitic and Egyptian languages and literature at the Catholic University of America. He previously earned a master's degree from the University of Toronto in Near and Middle Eastern Civilizations, with a concentration in Egyptology and bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University in Ancient Near Eastern Studies, with a concentration in Hebrew Bible and German Studies. He is currently an adjunct instructor of religious education at Brigham Young University and a research associate with the B.H. Roberts Foundation. John Gee is the William Bill Gay Research Professor in the Department of Asian and Near Eastern Languages at Brigham Young University. He has published extensively on scripture and ancient studies. He has served on the boards of national and international biblical and Egyptological organizations and as the editor of an international multilingual peer-reviewed Egyptological journal. Carrie Muehlstein is a professor of ancient scripture and ancient Near Eastern studies at Brigham Young University. He received his bachelor's degree from BYU in psychology with a Hebrew minor. He received an MA in Ancient Near Eastern Studies from BYU and a PhD from UCLA in Egyptology. His first full-time appointment was a joint position in Religion and History at BYU-Hawaii. He is the director of the BYU-Egypt Excavation Project. He was also a visiting fellow at the University of Oxford for the 2016-2017 academic year. He has served as the chairman of a national committee for the American Research Center in Egypt and serves on their research supporting member council. He is the Senior Vice President of the Society for the Study of Egyptian Antiquities and has served as President. He has published and researched on Egyptological topics and Book of Abraham topics for over two decades. John S. Thompson obtained his B.A. and M.A. in Ancient Near Eastern Studies, Hebrew Bible, from BYU and UC Berkeley, respectively, and completed a Ph.D. in Egyptology at the University of Pennsylvania. After more than 25 years as an employee of seminaries and institutes of religion, most recently as the coordinator-slash-institute director in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He currently researches and writes for Scripture Central. This is an audio production of BYU Studies, read for you by Brayden Johnston and Maylin Glade. BYU Studies publishes scholarship informed by the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information and access to articles, essays, and more, visit byustudies.byu.edu.